God, we thank you on tonight that our hearts are open and receptive to hear what you have to say unto the church. God, I bind every hindering spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of slumber in Jesus' name. And God, I loose upon this place, Father God, a refreshing right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you have refreshed us. You have restored us, God. You have already healed us, God, from the inside out. So we give you glory, honor, and praise. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're still teaching on the pattern of God. And in the teaching, we're learning a lot how things should be in the body of Christ. When we know how things should be in the body of Christ, it shouldn't be hard for us to do what we need to do in the body of Christ. And we know that every joint supply and all of us make up the body of Christ. So I thank the Lord for what he has been teaching us, dealing with the pattern of the church and how um, God wants his church to be. We just went over communion, and I pray that everybody understand how communion supposed to be in the body of Christ. And when all of us have an understanding of communion, we can discern the Lord's body, his physical body. And we won't come in here trying to take communion unworthy, unworthily because we know what the purpose of communion is. So tonight, where I want to go is church discipline. We want to talk about church discipline I know I have given y'all some things dealing with um, discipline, dealing with you have ought against your brother, but I'm not even going to pull that one out right now. I'm going to start where this is. This need to begin, dealing with church discipline. Let's talk about, first of all, what is church discipline? Church discipline is bringing correction to the body of Christ based upon the word of God. Church discipline is bringing correction to the body of Christ based upon the word of God. I believe that the problem that we have in the body of Christ is people don't want to be disciplined. That means they don't want to be uh, brought into correction. In the body of Christ, I said all of us are part of one body. We are a family. We are the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And all of us have a father, a heavenly father, which love us. And the word proved his love when the Bible said he commended, he proved his love for us when he died for us, even while we were yet in our sin. And it also said, for God so loved the world, he gave what? His only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we see we had a loving father that even while we were still in our mess, he laid down his life for us. And upon him laying down his life for us, we should lay down our lives for each other. And that's what family does. We're in the body of Christ. We are, we are family. We have brothers and sisters in the, in the body of Christ. We are believers. So in the body of Christ, being that we have a loving father, our loving father is going to correct us. Our loving father is going to chastise us. Our loving father is going to rebuke us. So when you have a loving father, he's not going to let you continue in what you're doing without bringing correction. And that's what church discipline is. First of all, we're going to talk about this church discipline comes through being a disciple. And we know all of us that a disciple is a learner, a follower of Jesus Christ. 
that's proven in Matthew 10:24. And in Matthew 10:24, we see that Jesus was sending them out. He was sending the disciples out to heal, deliver, to cast out demons. He said, "Freely you have." Um, you know, everything was given to you freely. You have received freely. You give. So he was letting them know, basically, everything that I have taught you, everything that you have learned up under me, this is what I want you to go out and do. So in this verse, it says, I'm reading the expanded Bible, a student, disciple, follower is not better than his superior above his teacher and a servant slave is not better than superior to above his master. When you look at this verse, it's letting us know that being that we are his disciples, we are his followers, we're not above him because he is the one that's teaching us. Jesus is our master. He's the um, teacher, so we're the student. So we're up under him because he's the one teaching us. And then it goes on to use a servant um, dealing with his master, how that servant does what his master instructs him, teaches him to do. But the reason why Jesus used this is because he was letting them know, if you are up under me and I'm teaching you and you learn in my ways, he said, when things come out against you, know that they're coming out against you because you are my follower. You are learning of me. So that's what he was saying. So when they call me Beelzebub, they're calling you Beelzebub because you are followers of me. You are learners of me. So when we look at church discipline, it's falling in line with being a disciple. You are a learner of Christ. You are a follower of Christ. You are taught by Christ. So if you are taught by him, the world is going to hate you because they hate him because you come from him. You come from a loving father. You come from God. So the world hates God, which y'all know the world belonged to Satan, which is Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies, the prince of the power of the air, the God of this world. So he's going to hate the followers of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was teaching them what the father had taught him. He was bringing heaven to earth. And y'all know the Sermon on the Mount, um, how he was teaching them from the Sermon on the Mount from five, from chapter Matthew five to Matthew seven. He was teaching them principles of the kingdom. Love those who hate you. Um, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. So they were learning from him. So they knew how to carry themselves because they were taught how to do that. That's just like our family. We're raised by a father and by a mother. That father and mother teach us the way that we should go. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. So we're being trained up in the way that we should go. Whatever your parents taught you, they're training you in the way that you should go. And we talked about Sunday that it starts in the womb. A baby should be taught right in that womb the way that they should go. They should be spoken over in that womb. So when they come out of that womb, they have already learned things inside of the womb. So as a child grows up, that child is taught many things. You know, first of all, with a baby, you got to change that baby. You got to burp that baby. You got to feed that baby. You got to do everything for that baby. You lay the baby down, you pick the baby up. The baby's always whine, whine, whine all the time. And you wondering what's going on with this baby. I fed you, I done this, I done that. And sometimes the baby may be sick and they may be crying because they don't feel good. 
So as parents, we're watching over that child. But as that child grow, we're teaching that child how to eat. We're teaching that child how to wash, how, how to do all kind of things. So we're training them in the way that they should go. And they're watching what we do in that house. And if we tell that child, no, no, you cannot let a child at a young age. I'm going to tell you something, y'all. Children come out fighting. Y'all ain't noticed it. Children come out saying no. Children come out punching you, biting you. They come out mad for some reason. They do at a young age. My little Jada, Jada, stop. Stop. I mean, where you get this stuff from? You know, they're learning. So we have to train them in the way that they should go. And as we're training them, when something is not right, we discipline them. We tell them, no, no, that's not right. What kind of loving father and a loving mother will allow a child to be doing something and allow them to do it and won't say nothing? Now, I have been around some children. I ain't going to lie to you. They come in your house. They tear up your house from the time they enter your house to the time they leave. And the mama's sitting there talking, staring off in space like they ain't broke your glass, like they ain't done nothing. So that tells me you ain't training your child. How can a child come in the house and feel at home and ain't never been in the house? All in your refrigerator, don't ask to go to the bathroom, don't ask to do nothing all over the house like they lived there for centuries. Feel right at home. But that's what we do. We train that child and we discipline that child. So normally when children come to your house and you see them all over the place, you say, come here. Right in front of the parents. You get right there and you sit it down. Parents get mad at you because you done sat that child down. But somebody got the discipline. Wait a minute. You in my house now. You ain't in your mom and daddy house. In this house, as for this house, we're going to burn the bridges. <laughs> See, this is what happened. But people get mad and say, how can you do that? They ain't your kids, but you brought them to my house. And if you're not going to correct them, then you need to leave them home. People take offense when, I'm telling you, they can look at them kids. They call them baby kids. <laughs> no joke. First thing they say, I ain't going to say who this was, but my husband, we had some kids to come to the house and know they wasn't yours. We had some to come to the house, and my husband said, I hate to see them coming. <laughs> he, he would set boundaries because one of them would go under the garage and just hit the button. Mm, mm. Then, you, then you fix that then you go to the bathroom they done threw something in the toilet and flushed it and hung up the toilet my husband said I can't take it I just can't take it no more but and then the parents sitting there just holding conversation with me like nothing was going on that was normal that's the way they lived it was no discipline y'all can laugh all you want you done been amongst some of them kids it's no discipline. It's no saying no. Some people just smile their way through it like it's all right. It ain't all right. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. So this is what discipline does. When you start off correcting your kids, when you start off disciplining your kids, you're not going to have a problem with your kids when you go out. They're going to know how to sit down. They're going to know how to be quiet. They're going to know how to ask, may I have some water? May I use your bathroom? You're going to know that they have been disciplined. That's what our Heavenly Father do for us, y'all. 
It had to start off with us getting to know the Father. When we get to know the Father and his way of doing, we're not going to get out of line when we come together. Isn't that awesome? We're going to know what the word of God is saying unto us. And see, this is where we miss miss it. As me, being a pastor, a pastor loves his or her sheep. So if the pastor sees the sheep out of line, the pastor has a right to correct those sheep and to rebuke those sheep in love. These days in time when a pastor rebukes somebody, the congregation hate the pastor, go talk about the pastor. She said something to me, but she didn't say nothing to Teresa. And I don't like that. Did she have her little pigs? Well, maybe Teresa didn't need nothing said to her. You the one cutting the food. You the one acting out of character. So I'm bringing you back to the sheepfold so you will know who you are in Christ. The problem in the body of Christ, we don't know about church discipline. We think we can come into the house of God and live any kind of way. We think we can come fellowship and do anything that the world does and not line up with what the word tell us to do. Remember, church discipline is based upon the word of God. God is bringing correction through his word. And we as believers in the body of Christ it's not only left up to me, it's left up to the body that when they see somebody get out of line, you bring correction to your sister and brother. You may have, um, you know how you have a big sister, little sister? I'm going to use this in the body of Christ. We may have a Christian that just got saved. They're a babe in Christ. And then you have a big sister that's been saved for two, three years. So that big sister is going to look out for that little babe in Christ. So when he or she see them get out of line, they're going to say, come here. Let me share this with you. They're helping them. They're bringing correction to them because that's where they were. When you start off in the body of Christ, some of us are not taught. We get excited because we see people prophesy. We see them singing so well, dancing so well. We see them doing so much in the body of Christ that we want to take off and get to the place where they are. But that took that takes discipline because everybody that's starting off dancing just don't start off dancing. There's some discipline in that. There's some correction in that because as a pastor, if I see someone and they're doing a dance that's outside of the Holy Ghost dance, I have to be the one saying, come here, baby. And I have to give them correction through the word of God. I can't keep letting them come in and thinking what they're doing is okay. So we as believers, we should bring correction to our brothers and sisters instead of talking about them because some people actually really don't know. How do I know they don't know? Because when you know, you do better. You cannot tell me you know the Lord and you live in any kind of way. That means you don't know. So when correction come to you, you take an offense because you've been saved 20 or 30 years and you still don't know. Something's wrong with that, y'all. So the more time you spend with your father, the more time you spend in your word, we wouldn't have all this ism and schisms in the body of Christ. We wouldn't have sister against sister, brother against brother. This one right here is getting exalted and I'm not getting, come on, that's not the way God has raised us. 
We're raised by a loving father where we love one another and we come to him humbly up under his mighty hand so we can be exalted in due season. We're not trying to step over our brothers and sisters just to get the spotlight. How many see that in church? People trying to out-teach different people. I remember years ago, there was um, someone in the body of Christ. They would stay up, walk the floor, start preaching, trying to out-preach the other one that preached before. They had to do better than that person to draw people to them. And people knew, you out of character. You're working too hard. I ain't getting nothing from that except sweating from you moving all over the place. So we have to spend time with the Heavenly Father so we'll know how to conduct ourselves. And one thing I love about the Father, he don't leave you by yourself. God puts um, among us the fivefold. And when he put the fivefold among us, the fivefold is there to equip us. The fivefold is there to equip us until all of us come into the maturity of Jesus Christ. So we won't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And I'm paraphrasing it out of Ephesians 4. But when you um, are equipped through the fivefold, you're going to know how to carry yourself. You're going to know how to go in. You're going to know how to go out. But this is the enemy's um, plan. The enemy want people to disrespect who God put in the body. He don't want you to take teaching or instruction. Sometimes they say, I'm not going to hear nobody but the pastor. But if God has set in the body the fivefold and they know their function, they're not going to go out of their function. And if they're bringing you truth, if they're bringing you the word of God, they are teaching you. They're giving you what God knows that you should have. So no matter where you go or whatever body you're in, even if you're visiting, you're going to know how to carry yourself. I'll give you an example. People have told me that when they go somewhere and they begin to talk, they say, I know where you're from. You're from Miracle Temple. How would they know you're from Miracle Temple? Is Kim taking the camera and putting your face up there so people know this is Miracle Temple? No. When you carry yourself in a certain manner, the way that you're being taught, people know who you up under because they know the person that you up under. But when you come out of your character, they begin to wonder, are you sure you're from Miracle Temple? Because that's not the person I know. That's not the one that I have come in acquaintance with. They don't carry themselves. See, they're bringing you correction. And you shouldn't get offended when someone is correcting you. This is why I say when you're out of order, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will remind you of who you are now that you're in Christ. He will convict you of righteousness, the right, right way of living, that way before you even leave the building. If you said something that was not right, you want to get it right before you leave. People know who you belong to. They know if you belong to darkness or if you belong to light. If you leave in darkness, that's what they're going to say. They were about the devil's business. But if you come to them and say, you know what, I am so sorry. What I said was not acceptable. That's not the way it should have been said. Forgive me for what I said. Cut it off. Don't go say, if you had not said, that's our problem. We justify we base in what somebody else said based on 
what we said. And we don't do that. We just leave it alone. Forgive me, I am sorry. I have seen so many people that have messed up. Instead of them openly saying they messed up, now they're trying to find something on somebody else to make them look good, to make the other person look bad. Just say you messed up. Just openly admit, I messed up. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Forgive me. That's not who I am now that I'm in Christ. And that's enough. You don't have to do anything or say anything else. And I think that's where Christians get in trouble. And if you leave it alone, they're going to know you from the kingdom of God because you're being um, corrected based on the word of God. And this is what the Lord is saying while I'm standing here. How can anybody be corrected when you ain't in the word? All of us have a conscience. Amen. We have a conscience. And our conscience will let us know right from wrong. Right? And when that conscience let us know that we are wrong, we should say, yes, I'm wrong. But some of us won't admit we're wrong because we become stubborn. Because we look at everybody else besides ourselves. But the Holy Spirit is there to let us know who we belong to. And that we belong to a family. All of us are one in Christ. When I was going over these scriptures today, I remember telling you guys a long time ago, I said, I'm not getting thrown under the bus for you no more. You getting taught too much for me to always take the blame when you know what you've done. Because every time something would happen, you know, I was the one that people were looking at, right? But it happens that way. Because if you're getting taught up under me, the word of God, and you go out and mess up, they ain't looking at you. They're looking who, at who has taught you. And so when I was looking at these, these scriptures through the word of God, we have to understand that when God used me to correct you, God is using that to let you know how much he loves you. That he don't want you going in that same direction that you keep going in. So you should say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for having a loving shepherd to bring me back to that place that I need to be in. Because there's too many people that don't want to take correction. And when they don't want to take correction, what happens is they go out there and they create a name for this church, which is not the church's name. This church is Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. It is not rebellion. It is not stubbornness. It is not gossip. It is not lying. It is not betrayal. That is not the name. We follow the name of Christ. We represent him. So when you go outside of him, guess what people look at? They look at the person who's teaching you. When the disciples, if they were not following Jesus, y'all remember in the Bible when Peter had to get rebuked by Jesus. But it was the enemy using Peter. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He was talking to the enemy that was using Peter. He had to bring correction to let Peter know, Peter, that's not you. That's the enemy that's using you to come against me. Because Peter was saying that he didn't have to die. Jesus knew he had to lay down his life. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He brought correction right there. Look how Paul, he brought correction to who? Peter. Peter, he got out of the way of the way the Lord wanted him to go. And Paul came in and brought correction. Wasn't they brothers? So Paul had to correct Peter. In the body of Christ, we pick and choose who we want to correct. If a person show a lot of offense, oh, no, not that one. 
So you rather for them to fall in a ditch or for somebody else to hurt your brother and sister than for you to bring correction. Come on, y'all. We all have done it. When you got a hothead person and every time you go to them, they don't listen. They always blame it on somebody else. They always say that if they, if they hadn't, then I wouldn't have. So you just, just say, I'm wiping my hands. Let them go to hell. Let them fall in the ditch all I care. I'm tired. Don't we do it? Because you get tired of them saying the same thing. But we as brothers and sisters in Christ, whether they not want to hear us or not, we tell them what the word says and the blood is off our hands. Because we did that. We don't pick and choose, y'all, who we want to bring correction to. We do it according to how we've been taught. Me and Jennifer Simpson, let's say that's my sister, my natural sister. And let's say Jennifer is going out of a way that she, she's not even aware that she's going out of that way. But because I'm fellowshipping with the Lord and I'm seeing how the enemy is taking her another way. And several times I tried to go to Jennifer and say, say, sis, I need to share something with you. And she said, just get out of my face. You're holy than thou self. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Every time I turn around, you got to talk about this Jesus. Now I'm using this for an example. So I begin to be hurt. But in that hurt, I go back to my father and I say, father, how can I help a person that don't want help? I feel the pain that she's having, Father. But what is this, Father, that's, that's drawing her away from me instead of us coming together like a family? Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says she's jealous over you. She's jealous because it's like the, your mother and your father is treating you better than they're treating her. So she want to have ill will against you. So the only thing I want you to do is go to her and say, I love you. So you following the instructions of God. So when I go back to her and say, Jennifer, I just want you to know I love you. And I'm so sorry if I have said or offended you in any way. I love you. And all of a sudden she breaks down and she began to cry. And she began to open up and say, that's all I ever wanted was love. But what did I have to do for me? I had to really admit I was wrong to heal the one that was wounded. Because that's the way my heavenly father, y'all, I'm telling you. This is the way your heavenly father teach you. You just put you to the side like Jesus did. Jesus was so humble on that cross. When they talked about him, they ridiculed him. They abused him. They mocked him. They spit in his face. They pierced him in the side. But he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Who can say that? A son who knows the father. A son that knew I have to die in order to save the lost. Somebody got to die for the lost, y'all. See, I have learned to die in the midst of people talking about me, ridiculing me. I had to die to me to say, Father, teach me how to love in the midst of hate. Teach me how to be quiet even when I want to come at this person. Teach me how to go back in when I went in the wrong way. That's church discipline. That's spending so much time with the Father when somebody you love so much hurts you so bad that the only one you can cry to is the Father and say, Father, you got to comfort me because I can't comfort nobody. That's church discipline, y'all. The church don't know discipline. 
Because if we did, we wouldn't take all this time and not forgive a person. We wait on people. Well, when they ask me, then I'll forgive them. But if you're spending time with God, it ain't about them coming to you. It's about you doing what's right. So church discipline is bringing correction to the body of Christ based upon the word of God. All of us need to be corrected. All of us need to be disciplined. If we're not disciplined, we will do anything and say anything. But when you have a person that God has put over you to come to you and say, that wasn't handled right. Now you got to go back in and take care of that. They done told you what you need to do, but they can't make you do it. So you become stubborn. And this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. When we in the body of Christ become stubborn, it's just like we're living as bastards without a father. Because we act like we don't have a loving father. We don't know him when we don't want to forgive because he's a forgiving God. When we bring harm to our brother and sister and know we brought harm, then look what we're doing to our heavenly father. Because he said, that's not the way I taught you. That's not the way Apostle Amanda is bringing you these teachings for you to harbor hate in your heart, for you to have unforgiveness, for you to have art against your brother. Come on, y'all. It's in the house. You can't go to a brother or sister, and you know that they're in the wrong, but you want to keep friendship. So you don't correct them because you don't want to lose. You done lost them. Because somebody else, this is a lesson I have learned. If I see somebody doing something they shouldn't and I just don't say nothing to them because I don't want to hurt them and then they go out there and they meet other people and then they tell them this is what's going on in your life and then they come back to me and say am I that way and I say yes and they said I thought you loved me you knew all this time that I was walking in rebellion and you didn't tell me how can you say you love me And how can you preach on love and I'm around you all the time and you see what's going on with me and you say you love me? Do you think that they're going to take anything from you until they're healed of that wound? Some of y'all, people will not take nothing from you because you fake. I'm just going to lay it out there. You're phony. You tell whom you want to tell. But you hang around people and you know they're out of the will of God, but yet you laugh with them, you talk to them, and you don't say nothing. Then if I come up on you and say, okay, you don't see this? Yeah, but I don't know how to tell them. This is sad, y'all. There's no way we can be in the body of Christ and see what's in front of us and have the love of God and not deal with it. How many scriptures I gave you? Two? I still got a few more. Three? Okay, y'all got a lot, didn't you? Let's look at this scripture. Those really wasn't on my paper, Matthew 5 and all. I just threw that one in there with the help of the Holy Ghost. So since you got it, go on and keep it. Jennifer said Matthew 5. I talked about the um, Sermon on the Mount. 
And I went through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, all that. But anyway, Matthew 28, I want y'all to look, listen closely at this one. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. I tell you, I'm preaching myself happy. <laughs> listen at this in the expanded Bible. <laughs> so go and make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations. I'm going to stop right there. Remember Jesus taught who? The disciples in which he chose 12 apostles. Now, this is the commission that he gave them, not only them, but he gave it to us as well. He said, so go and make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations. So he's sending them out to go and make what? Disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Now, he said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is the verse I want to get to. Teach them. To obey everything that I have taught, commanded you. Get it? Teach them to obey everything that I have taught and commanded you. And I will be with you always, even unto the end of this age, the world in time. So what was Jesus telling them? He said, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to go and teach them what I have taught you. I want you to teach them to observe everything that I have taught you. The reason why I'm, I'm emphasizing on that, just like you and Clem, you're getting taught to be disciples. You're getting taught the pattern, the order of the church. It is not for you to take what you're getting taught and hold it. It is for you to go make disciples. You don't come in Clem. You don't come in on Sundays and get what God is giving you just to sit on it. God gives you these things so you can help somebody else outside of you. So if we go and do what the word of God tells us to do based on the teaching that we're getting, we are making disciples and we are doing what he's telling us to do. Amen? So if I come in here on, on, on Clem and say, okay, you're getting taught, but are you making disciples? So I'm coming in, I'm bringing correction, I'm bringing review. Why should you get mad? You shouldn't get mad because if I'm going by what the word of God is saying, the word wants you to hear and do. That's what the Bible says in James 1. You don't only hear the word, you do the word. If I see you hearing the word and you're not doing the word, it is my job as a shepherd to come back in and bring correction to what I'm not seeing. And if I don't do that and I don't discipline you and correct you, then I'm not going by what I was taught. Of what the word of God tell me. Getting back to our natural children, when um, I was raising me and my husband, our children, we would always have them respecting other people's homes. And even first of all, it had to be the home that they were in. And Jeremy was different from Ariel. And the difference between Jeremy and Ariel, not that Jeremy wasn't respectful, but he talked so much. But the difference was, I was not saved when I carried Jeremy. I wasn't a bad person, but hey, you know, things happen. Anyway, when I had Ariel, I would speak Proverbs over Ariel because the Holy Spirit would say, speak wisdom over her. So I would speak wisdom over her while she was in my womb, and God confirmed it when she come out of my womb. But we always taught our children to ask before they go in the refrigerator, do, you got to do these things. So when Ariel got in school, 
The teacher called me to the side. She said, Miss Brian, I have a problem. I said, well, what's the problem? She said, your daughter is asking me too many things. I said, what are you talking about? Well, when she want to get something out of this box, she come to me. She said, may I get that? She said, every time I turn around, she's asking me. I said, what's the problem? Well, the, the kids know that they can just go to that box. I said, well, my daughter is different. This is the way I train her at home. If it does not belong to you, you don't just go pick it up. So that's how she's trained. So I apologize if she's coming to you asking you, but what if she just kept doing stuff out of what she was taught? How would you feel? So that's how she, until this day, Ariel, if I got something in the refrigerator, Mama, can I have that? Jeremy, here, eat it. I'm telling you the truth. Now, Ariel asked, I remember I was hungry. Have you ever been so hungry that you pictured what you had in the refrigerator and you knew you was going to eat it when you got home? So my husband was talking to Jeremy on the phone. I said, oh, my God. I said, honey, ask Jeremy, did he eat my Chinese food? He said, yeah. I said, he said, I ain't supposed to eat all of it. I said, help me, Jesus. That boy, if he see it in that refrigerator, he going to eat it. He won't ask you. He just fig figure, this is our house. I'm going to eat what I see. That's what he do. That's what Jeremy does. So what I'm saying is every child is different, but both of them, when they went into your home, they knew that they just can't go in your home any kind of way. They weren't the type, and, and the way we raised them, when they would go to daddy's house and daddy would keep them, we told them what they could not watch on television. So, of course, Scooby-Doo was on. We had discipline and correction. You cannot watch Scooby-Doo. It's about ghosts. It brings fear. We do not want you to watch it. So, Daddy turned on Scooby-Doo. He said, y'all want to watch Scooby-Doo? Aria said, Granddaddy, we cannot watch Scooby-Doo. Mom and Daddy said we couldn't watch Scooby-Doo. Discipline. They knew what they could watch and what they could not watch. Because that's what we said in our home. That's discipline. Y'all, I'm, I'm just so glad for this teaching because I want to tell y'all something. How in the world you can discipline your children at home or discipline somebody else, but when you come in the house of God, you act like you're scared of one another. You act like you can't talk to one another and tell them what the word of God says. God will let you know how to approach your brother and sister because everybody have a different way. It should be God's way, but so many people have different grave clothes on that they haven't taken off. Some people are wearing grave clothes of offense so bad that you have to really pray and say, God, show me how to ask this person this question. Because as soon as you open up your mouth and ask, why you ask me that? <sighs> so you have to really in your head say, Holy Spirit, show me how to respond. Because so many people are wearing grave clothes of offense, and that offense come through hurt. They've been hurt through the years, so they don't put up a wall. And, and then some people come to you like acting like they ain't offended, but they're offended. So you have to know how to ask the person, but you still want to bring what? Correction to that person. So we see here that he wanted them to go out and teach what they had already been what? Taught. He wanted them to observe everything that he taught them. He wanted them to teach and observe everything. Amen. And Ephesians 6, 4 says this. Fathers or parents, do not make your children angry, 
but raise them up with training, discipline, and teaching instructions of the Lord. This is how we're supposed to raise our children up. But some of us wouldn't save ourselves. <laughs> so we raised them the best way we knew how, right? Don't do this. Don't do that. And some of them will look at you and say, why are you telling me don't do it? You do it. What's that saying? Do like I say, not what I do. I'll tell you this. You know how I would raise my kids and I would say, stupid, don't you call nobody stupid. That ain't a good word. Don't you say that. Them kids make you mad. Are you stupid or what? <laughs> and then Jeremy looked at me one day and said, Mama, that ain't a good word. I said, forgive me, son. It certainly ain't. Just erase that. I should never say it's stupid. Because they knew that's how they were taught. Won't they come back at you? And I didn't say that saying that we always say. I just confessed and said I was wrong. I should never have said that. Let me tell you why we have to deal with that. When we correct our children, if we don't come back and make it right, they are scarred. That's what they're going to remember the rest of their lives. And the enemy is going to use that and hold them to what a parent says because they trust that parent. Children trust their parents. They want to um, receive love from their parents. So whatever their parents say, that's what they believe. That's what they're going to do. So as a loving father, he want to make sure that we're put up under shepherds that love him first of all. He's not going to give you a shepherd that don't love the Lord. See, David loved the Lord with all of his heart. Even though David messed up, David went to the Father and he said, it's me. I'm the one that has sinned. And God used David even the more because he had the heart of a father. And a shepherd has to have the heart of the father. People want a pastor, but you don't want to bring correction. You got to bring correction and you got to speak truth in love. So pastors is not going to get across the pulpit committing adultery and telling you not to do it. And the congregation know who you laid with last night and you speaking on adultery. Who want to follow you? You're going to have all your children messed up thinking it's okay to live and lay with anybody and put them on the choir, let them sing and have a joyous time and say it's all right. That is not correction. So we have to know what the father wants, and we do what the father requires us to do. Um, the next scripture is Hebrews 12, 5 through 12. And I'm going to read all of this out. Amplified. Hebrews 12, 5 through 12. And have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. Did y'all hear that? Don't lose courage. Don't give up and faint when you are reproved and corrected by him. Now, let's just bring this out because I know we ain't got no ignorant people in the place. If God used me to correct you, who's correcting you? Now, some people would say, God, you ain't God. <laughs> ignorant going to see. I don't take orders from you. I take orders from God. You're just downright ignorant. God got to have a mouthpiece to tell you what he need to tell you to bring correction. He said, I'm going to tell you again. Don't lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord corrects 
and discipline everyone whom he loves. And he punish even scourges every son whom he accepts and welcome to his heart and cherishes. If the Lord did not correct you, that means he don't love you. God loves you. That's why he bring correction to you. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not train and correct and discipline? There's a lot of them out there that don't. Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you are, you know what that is. Yep. Offspring and not true sons at all. Ain't that something? What do you call somebody that's that? A bastard. And I ain't cursing. Meaning that if you can't take God's correction, you ain't part of the body of Christ, the kingdom. You're not his son. You're not his daughter. If you can't take, ooh, we done hit something. That's a root. There you go. And look at this. It says, moreover, we have we have had earthly fathers who discipline us, and we yield to them and respect them for training us. Wow. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father's spirits and so truly live? For our earthly fathers discipline us for only a short period of time and chastise us as seemed proper and good to them. But he disciplined us for our certain good that we may become sharers in his own holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterwards, oh, thank God for the afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness, in conformity to God's will and purpose, thought, and action, resulting in right living and right standing with God. Look at, the, look at what the word is telling you. If you don't take discipline, that means you really ain't part of him. Because if you are part of him, God chastises, scorns those whom he loves. He's going to bring you correction. Some people, y'all, they got a hard head. Because they think that, I'll, I'll give you an example. Me, personally, before I marry someone, I'm going to counsel you for a year. The reason why, because that's what God gave me. The reason why God gave me that is because you got a whole year anyway. Why are you planning your marriage? Come on, somebody. You got a whole year anyway. So God takes you into counsel. He gets to the root of things. And as he gets to the root of things and you get to the root of things, then you're going to really think, do I need to marry this person or not? Am I ready for this man? Am I ready for this woman? I still have scars. Do I want to bring all of this in my marriage? Or do I want to wait and be healed before I wait on a man to make me whole? Sometimes it takes people over a year for counsel, y'all. Some people say, I don't need no counsel. I'm all right. And let me tell you something. I'm dealing with some of them folks. I don't want this one and I don't want that one. I ain't think they were like this. You think? But you will know how to handle it through getting yourself together. Don't be worrying about them. When you handle you, and they handle them through the word of God. When you come together, whatever pop up, you can handle it through the word. That's why God corrects. He rebukes. Some people uh, tell me, 
I tell you what, you just say anything, don't you, huh? I'm just going to tell you what the words say. I don't need to apologize for what the word says. If people would lay it out on the line and quit making people think they're all right when they're not all right. If you ain't all right, you ain't all right. When we got things going on in the body of Christ that need to be corrected, those things need to be talked about. And if it's not you, just give God a hallelujah. But if it's touching you and reaching you, God is disciplining you. Some people say, were you talking to me? Was I? Was God talking to you? (laughs) It ain't like he gave me your name. So what I'm telling you is God loves you so much. He want to make sure that you are disciplined, y'all. Y'all should give God glory for church discipline. So you'll know how to carry yourself in the body of Christ. The last scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God, breathed out by God. God breathed. And it's useful for teaching, for showing people what is wrong in their lives, refuting error, rebuking, for correcting faults, and for teaching how to live right, training in righteousness. Does that not break it down? So if you are in the word of God, in the word of truth, the word is going to teach you the right way to go. And if you still go in the wrong way, it's because you're stubborn. It's because you rebellious and you choose to be that way. Because whatever the words say, that's what you do. Your flesh is going to hurt. But how you shut down your flesh, you say, I'd rather obey God than obey man. This is what the word says, and this is what I'm going to do. So spend more time with the word. And as you spend time with the word, instead of us telling God about what somebody else done, you need to say, God, bring correction to me. Because if it's always about somebody else, it ain't about them, it's about you. And you don't want to face you. We can whine all the time. You know how we was growing up, we go tell on our brother and sister. We go tell on what they're doing, and we try to be the one, the little princes, and we got everything swept up under the rug. But we want mom and daddy to know about that one. Why? Because we're jealous over that one. We want to talk that one down. Then come to find out it ain't the one you thought it was. It's the one you thought it wasn't. So this is why. Stay in the word of God. Let the word correct you. And when God sends somebody to you with the rebuke or correction, know that it's the Father sent it. Okay, okay. Yeah, they got to come to you the right way. But how do you know what's the right way when you got a, a wall of offense? What are they supposed to do to this? Now, baby, I'm just going to bring you only what God is saying. You so beautiful. God loves you so much. I don't know why people treat you that way. And then you ease in. God love you now. Watch as well as praying. Don't do this here, here, because people watching you. Tell the truth like it is. Don't be doing all that, baby. And tell them what God said and quit adding to his word, because you don't want them to curse you out. Tell them. This is what God is saying to you today. And leave it alone. Quit going all around the bush to appease them. Y'all, y'all better quit trying to appease people. You spend too much time trying to figure out what to say, and you done lost the message. <laughs> Speak now forever, hold your peace. Ain't that what they do when people get married, and everybody that's behind them is saying, Lord, I wouldn't marry her. <laughs> Inside your mind, man, you got a rude awakening. You don't know what you're going to wake up to. You better hide your money. And then at the end of the service, people going up there, I knew y'all was meant for each other. 
them the ones you better watch. <laughs> Amen. So this is the beginning of church discipline. I just want to break down the first part to let you know how much your loving father loves you, to let you know he's going to correct you um, with the word. It's not going to be anything outside the word. So if anybody bring you anything outside the word to bring correction to you, then yes, it, you don't have to accept that. But make sure when we correct in our brother and sisters in alignment with the word of God. Amen. Do we have any announcements? <laughs>